Today we're looking in the book of Malachi, or as one fellow said, Malachi. The book of Malachi, chapter number 3 this morning, and verse number 10. Malachi, chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading with verse number 10 this morning. Reading verses 10, 11, and 12. The word of the Lord tells us, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This morning, I'm going to give you three reasons not to tithe. Three reasons not to tithe. Thank you, Father, for the word of the Lord. Father, thank you for the power, Lord, that is in your word. God, I just pray, Lord, today that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Father, I ask that you will give us favor with your people today. Lord, I just pray your blessing upon this time together for the glory of God we ask. All of God's people said praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. All of us look for reasons why we shouldn't do whatever it is that we don't want to do. You know, we will look long and we will look hard for a reason that will, that will release us from whatever it is that we just don't want to do. I love the story that is told about W.C. Fields. The story is told of him on his deathbed and someone came in to see him in the hospital as he was dying and laying there in his bed and somebody saw him and he was, he was reading the Bible which was totally unnatural and opposite to anything they expected to happen and be happening with W.C. Fields. This individual that saw W.C. Fields reading his Bible asked him what in the world he was doing and he responded, looking for loopholes, looking for loopholes. You know, there are a lot of Christians, I believe, today that are looking for loopholes in the area of tithing. Now, we understand that tithing is the practice of giving God the first 10% of our income. The Bible teaches us that, 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 that the first 10% of our income is not ours at all. God says it belongs to Him, and God says that we are to take that first 10% of our income, and we are to offer it back to Him as an act of obedience, as an act of worship and sacrifice to, to Him. And we understand that's what we're talking about this morning. And yet there are just an incredible amount of saints today who just don't want to do this. And so they are looking for reasons why they don't have to do what they don't want to do. Now, one reason that is used quite often, and they, they, they use it quite often, and it is they say that tithing was a part of the law. And because we are no longer under the law, but now we enjoy the dispensation of grace, and because of that, they use this as a reason or loophole and say they are released from the practice of tithing. Well, the truth of the matter is, yes, 
Yes, I will agree this morning, tithing was indeed practiced during the time of the law. But what they don't understand was that it was also practiced before the law was ever given. It was practiced during the time of the law, and it was practiced after the law. And nowhere in Scripture does it say that tithing was abolished. Well, people will say this, they will say that, they will say something else, giving that as a reason not to tithe. Well, listen, this morning, I, I, I want to join these people today. I'm going to join their ranks. I'm going to join. I'm going to jump on their bandwagon this morning. Because I am actually going to suggest three reasons not to tithe. Pastor, have you lost your ever-loving mind? (laughs) Did you ever dream? Did you ever think that you would ever hear me say I was going to give you three reasons? Not to tithe. Well, the truth of the matter is, I have discovered three reasons not to tithe. And I discovered them right out of the premier passage of Scripture on tithing. Malachi chapter 3. And I want to share those three reasons with you this morning. Let me tell you this morning, don't tithe if you don't want God's provision. You knew there was a twist, didn't you? <laughs> don't tithe if you don't want God's provi- provision. How many understand the tithe is God's provision? Amen. Let me suggest, first of all, the tithe is God's provision in His house. In His house. In the house of the Lord. The tithe is the provision of God for His house. Verse 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house, says the Lord. God said, bring the tithe so that there will be food, so there will be provision in my house. You see, the tithe is God's provision for his house. Well, you say, Pastor, what does the tithe provide in God's house? Well, let me suggest three things. Let me suggest, first of all, that the tithe provides ministers. The tithe provides ministers. For the house of the Lord. You see, the pastor and his staff should be paid by the church that they serve. How many understand that pastors and ministers have the very same material needs that anybody else has? How many know I don't live in a tree and eat wind? Not only does the pastor, not only does the minister have all of the material needs that anybody else in the church has, but but his material needs actually exceed the needs of a regular person because of the demands of his position. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, Paul says, Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? Well, tithing is just an Old Testament covenant. Well, tell, tell, tell Paul, he's referring to it right here in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He said, don't you understand? He said, the priest, the priest, don't you understand? Those that, that, that worked in the temple, they got their meals from the offerings brought to the temple. He goes on, and those who serve at the altar, he said, those that served at the altar, they got a share of the sacrificial offerings. It didn't all go up in smoke. It wasn't all burned up. 
Amen? And then he continues and he says, in the same way. Say, in the same way. In the same way, now we're in the New Testament here. And Paul says, hey, just like it was in the Old Testament when the priest got a portion of the offering that was brought and they ate from the offerings that were presented and brought, Paul says, in the very same way, the Lord, say the Lord, the Lord has ordered that those that preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. I don't know how you get any clearer than that. The pastor of the church and his staff receives their salaries from the tithe of the people in the church. That is God's plan. Amen. Let me ask you this morning, where, where in the world did you think the pastoral staff got their living from? Did, did, did you think that God just miraculously uh, deposited uh, some of heaven's money into their bank account each and every week? How, how, where in the world do you think that they get their living Let me suggest this morning, don't tithe if you don't think that your pastor, if you don't think that his staff deserves a salary, uh, if you don't believe that your pastor and the, and the men and women of God that serve on his staff, if you don't believe that the people of God, the, the, the men and women of God that are serving God in a full-time capacity, giving their life for the ministry, uh, if you don't believe that they deserve to be supported, uh, if you don't believe that they deserve to have the same material uh, uh, needs met that you have, if you don't, then don't tithe. Notice something else the tithe provides money for. It also provides money for ministries. Not just ministers, but ministries. You see, all of the ministries of the church are supported by the tithe and the offering of the church. I mean, that might be Royal Rangers, it might be Impact Girls Clubs, it might be Children's Church, it might be Youth Ministry, Women's Ministry, Men's Ministry, Outreach Ministry, it might be Benevolence Ministry, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And everybody's got their little pet ministry. And everybody thinks you ought to have their little pet ministry in the church. Amen. And many of them, men, they won't even stay in the church unless you have that specific little ministry that they think that the church ought to have. And yet so many of them that want that ministry ministry put nothing in the offering. The tithe is God's provision for his house. It takes an unbelievable, incredible amount of money to fund the different ministries of the church. Let me say this morning, don't tithe if you don't believe that the church should have any ministries. If you don't think the church ought to have ministry, then don't tithe. Not only does the tithe provide for the ministers and the ministries of God's house, it also provides, I'll just say, miscellaneous. You see, not a day goes by that we don't receive some type of bill for this church. My wife pays the bills of the church, and sometimes she says, Stop! No more bills, no more bills. I've heard her, no more bills, no more bills. Just for your information, our church payment for our land and this building is $12,000 a month. Every single month, $12,000. Well, I thought this was God's house. It was God just provided it. Yeah, He provides it through His people. And every single month, 
Every single month before a salary is paid, before any, you know, anything is bought. Amen. We got to pay $12,000 every single month. Amen. Just to have this property and have this building and have this place of meeting. Our utility bills average around three to $4,000 a month. You put those two things together, and we're talking about every single Sunday, we have to have a minimum of $4,000 adjust to not be foreclosed on. And then there's insurance, and then there's upkeep on the building, and it's constant. One of these days, God's going to give me a full-time maintenance person. I know he's going to. Sometimes I literally go mad, amen, with, with the little, it's the little dings here and the little dings there and this thing's like, and this stool is, un, is clogged up again and this water fountain is not working now and, 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 and this and that it's, and, and, it's, and it's constant over and over and over and over. The upkeep, it's in, um, unbelievable the upkeep on the building. And then there's janitors to pay. And there's supplies to be purchased. And, and then there's the computers and the technical. Oh, my goodness, don't get me started on the technical stuff. You know, you've got to replace it. You've got to fix it. You've got to buy software. You've got to improve it. Oh, there's vans to keep going, and the list keeps going and growing. It is absolutely unbelievable how much money it takes to keep this church going. How does God's house sustain itself? Through the tithe and the offering of its people. Verse 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Why? So that there may be food, so there may be provision. In my house, says the Lord of hosts. The tithe is God's provision for His house. Don't tithe if you don't want provision in God's house. Don't tithe if you don't want provision in your house. Because you see, the tithe is not only God's provision for His house, but it's also God's provision for your house. For your house. Verse 10. Try me now in this, says the Lord. Try what? Try tithing. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not open for you. For who? For who? For you. For you. Oh, preacher, why does he always preach on tithe? Well, believe it or not, I don't. It's been years since I've actually preached an entire sermon on tithe. I know I preach on tithe every Sunday, but not a full sermon. It's been years since I preached an entire sermon on tithing. You're getting it this morning. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing there will not be room enough to receive it. What is God saying? He is saying if you will take care of his house, he will take care of your house. I said if, God, if you'll take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. What did Elijah, the prophet, say to the widow of Zarephath? What did he say when she was going out in that famine time and she was gathering up a couple of sticks and she was, had enough meal in a barrel for a couple of inch of mama pancakes and she and her son were going to have a pancake and then they were going to die. And what did the man of God say to her? He said, hey, that's all right, but before you eat and die, feed me. Well, that's a preacher, isn't it? Okay, you're going to eat and die. Okay, but before you do that, feed me. Feed me. Feed me. Make me a cake first. When? First. Make me a cake first and all will be well. 
Listen, and what did she do? She fed the man of God. She took care of the man of God. She took care of God's man first. And what did the Bible say? The Bible said that every time that she went to her meal barrel, there was some meal. Every time she went to the cruise of oil, there was enough oil. It wasn't overflowing, but there was enough, enough for that next meal. And the Bible said that, it, that the Lord sustained it for an entire year. Take care of God's man and take care of God's business first and God will take care of you and your business. It is a principle of God's word. Pay the tithe first. Don't bring leftovers to God. Don't bring leftovers to God. Don't say, I'm going to pay all my bills. If I have anything left over, then I'm going to bring something to God. You don't don't treat your family that way. You don't treat company and special people that way. Amen. Don't treat God with leftovers. Don't give Him what's left over. Amen. Give it to Him off of the top. Pay God first. It's a principle of the Word of God. And if you'll take care of God's house and God's work first, He'll take care of your house. Well, you say, Pastor, well, what will God provide for me? Well, let me suggest, first of all, God will provide material blessing. Material blessing. Look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus said, I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. What are people worried about today? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to wear? What am I going to do? God says don't do that. Don't, don't worry about your life, about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, about your body, what you're going to put on. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your Father, Heavenly Father, feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They don't grow, or how they grow, they neither sow nor toil. Let me start again. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So therefore, do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? So all of these things the world of the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Your heavenly Father what? He knows that you, have all, you, you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And what's going to happen? All these things are going to be added unto you. What, what was Jesus saying here? Put God first. In your life, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then you can expect God to take care of all of your material needs. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all of your need, and He's going to do it according unto His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not only can tithers expect material blessing, but also they can expect miraculous blessing. Miraculous blessing. Verse number 10 of... of, uh, Malachi chapter 3, see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Say windows of heaven. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you, oh, such blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. Let me ask you this morning, what resources or or provision does heaven have? Do you think there are any needs in heaven? Do you think that heaven's bank account is running in the red? 
Do you think that the Dow Jones of heaven is experiencing a recession? Let me understand, heaven has a supply to meet your need. Philippians 4.19 again, my God shall supply all your need according, according to what? According unto his riches. Oh, his, say his riches. According unto his riches. His riches where? In glory. Do you need a financial miracle in your house? Financial miracles come through tithing. Bring all the tithe into my house, says God. Take care of the needs of my house, and I will miraculously take care of all of the needs of your house. Let me, let me help you this morning. I, I, you, you don't have to believe this if you don't want to this morning. I'm, I'm not going to make anybody believe this today. I, you, you don't have to believe this if you don't want to today. In fact, I'm giving you three reasons not to tithe today. If you don't want God's material blessing, if you don't want God's miraculous blessing, then don't tithe. Me, on the other hand, I don't want to live without God's material blessing. I I don't want to live without God's miraculous blessing upon my house. You say, Pastor, has God given you any miracles in your house? Well, do I have all day? My two kids are miracles from God. We weren't supposed to have any kids, but God worked a miracle in our life. And my two kids are miracles. Amen. Oh, my seven-week-old grandbaby is a miracle. She's a miracle. When I was 17 years old and pastoring a church and making $15 a week. God worked miracles for me financially. God would have people send me money in the mail. I wasn't getting any in the offering, but I'd get some in the mail. And money would come from people I had never met. And I would ask people in the church, and nobody had ever met them. Nobody knew who in the world they were. And to this day, I still don't know who those people are. Huh? But sometimes I'd even go to the post office three times in a day. I remember one day I was washing my car at one of these self-service car washes. And here I am washing my car, one of these self-service car washes, and I look down and there's a $20 bill. And so I pick that $20 bill up and put it in my pocket. I keep washing my car. And I get around to another part of the car and I look down, there's another $20 bill on the ground. I pick it up and I go put the wand up and turn the wash off. I start looking for money. I don't remember, it's been too many years ago now, but it was like either 80 or $100, four or five $20 bills right there at that quarter car wash. Well, I knew I hadn't earned any of that, and I knew that wasn't really mine, and so, so I went ahead, and after I was sure there was no, you know, I looked in the drain, and, uh, and after I found all the money that was there, I finished washing my car, and I'm thinking, what do I do, what do I do? 
I've got needs, but what do I do? This is really not my money. What do I do? And I thought, well, you know what? If somebody's lost, you know, $80, $100, I mean, we're talking 100 years ago. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're talking probably, you know, three or $400 now, you know. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, somebody is lost if they'll come back for this. They'll come back for this. And so, and so I finished washing my car. Nobody came back. And so, so I said, well, I can't leave. Somebody's going to come back for this money. And so I went around to the side where I could see if somebody would come back and look for the money. I'm not just going to go around asking about, have you lost 100 bucks? Well, yeah, I lost 100 bucks. First of all, if they lost, whoever lost it, lost it in that stall. Okay? So I didn't know that. And so, and so I, I, if somebody came back and asked for the money back, I was going to give it to them. Amen. And so I drove around to the, to the side and where I could park and watch people come and go. And, and, and if anybody was coming in there and looking for money or asking for money, I had it. I was going to give it back to them. And, I mean, I, I waited there probably 30, 45 uh, seconds. And, uh, <laughs> I, actually, I don't know how long I left. I, I, I stayed it, but I stayed for a long, I, I literally stayed for 30, 45 minutes or so and nobody came back. Amen. And so I just said to God, be the glory, great things you have done. Amen. I had something, I had a bill I need to pay and I paid the bill and God, amen, miraculously supplied my need. I'm telling you that if you'll take care of God's work, God will take care of yours. Well, don't tithe if you don't want God's provision. Let me suggest another, give you, give you another reason this morning not to tithe. Don't tithe if you don't want God's protection. I'm giving you three really good reasons not to tithe this morning. If you don't want God's protection, don't tithe. Verse 11, I will, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. Let me suggest three areas where tithers can expect God's protection. First of all, you can, if you're a tither, you can, you can expect God's protection for your family. Amen. For your family. People who live in obedience to God can expect God's protection as well as His blessing for their family. Look in the book of Deuteronomy this morning. What am I, this, this is my favorite half chapter in the Bible. <laughs> my favorite half chapter in the Bible is the first half of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and let's read the first four verses. The Bible says that it'll come to pass if, say if, say if again, yeah, it will come to pass if you diligently obey, say obey. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all, say all. All his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings, say blessings, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey, say obey, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. We're talking about for your family right now. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. I don't know about you, but I desire God's protection over my family. I desire so much that daily, daily I pray a hedge of protection. Daily I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, calling them out, calling their names out to God one by one nearly every single 
day. I believe that people that, that live in obedience to God can believe for God's protection for their family. But not only for your family, also for your finance. Let's read verses 5 through 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Who receives God's financial provision and protection? The obedient. The obedient. Those who obey His commands. I don't know about you this morning, but I I don't want the devourer devouring all of my hard-earned resources. In Haggai chapter 1 and verse 6, God said, God said there that because His people placed their needs ahead of God's needs, God said because they built themselves a house and did not build God a house. God said because their priorities were wrong, they placed themselves ahead of God. Because of that, God said their money would not provide for them. Their money would not provide. Their money would not work for them. God said it was going to be like putting their money in a bag that had holes in it. By the way, How's it going for you financially? How is it going for you financially? Does it seem like there is never enough? No matter how much you make, it seems to go faster than you can, can make it. I can't speak for you this morning, but, but, but for me, I need God's protection on my money. I need God's protection on my things. I need God's protection on my finances. I need Him to rebuke the devourer that tries to devour my money. You, you sit in there and you might be thinking, Pastor, Pastor, do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Are you just trying to increase the offerings of the church? I know how church people think. I've been around a while. Pastor, do you really believe what you're preaching? Do you really believe what you're teaching? Or are you just trying to increase the offerings of the church? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we believe this so much that we're paying a double tithe. I'm not bragging this morning. I, don't want, I just want you to know I'm not preaching something. I'm not teaching something that I don't participate in. I don't just preach this stuff. I practice it. It has worked in my life ever since I was a little bitty boy. Ever since I got my first dollar in allowance, the dime went to God. I believe it. God has taken care of me all of these years. I've lived in the basement of the church and I've lived on Snob Hill and I've been in between many times, but I'm going to tell you that God has always provided for me. God has always taken care of me. God has always Always bless me. You've come too late to talk me out of it. You might have an argument, but I've got an experience. I have tried God. Verse 10, Malachi 3, try me. God says, try it. You'll like it. That's what he said. Try it, he said. Try me now in this, it says the Lord. And see, I have tried God in this, and and he has proven himself faithful to me. Oh, how I want you to enjoy God's provision and God's protection. I'm not preaching this for me this morning. Not, I promise you, it won't get me any strokes. 
It won't, it, it won't get me any accolades. I, 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 it might get me in trouble with a few people, but it, it ain't going to do anything positive for me. I'm not preaching this for me this morning. I'm preaching this for you. Not only can tithers expect God's protection for their family and for their finances, but also for their future. Let's look at verse 9 through 13 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 9 through 13, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And you're going to lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you're going to be above only and not be beneath If, say if, if if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. Turn on the news and listen for a while. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Recession, depression, national debt, inflation, unemployment, war, famine, global warming... Pastor, you don't believe all this, Pastor. You're not fearful. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. God has always taken care of His people. God has always taken care of His people. Oh, before God destroyed the earth in the flood, He first of all made provision and protection available to His people, telling Noah to build an ark. Before God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, first of all, He protected His people by sending angels to evacuate Lot and his family. Before seven years of famine took place in Egypt, first of all, God made provision and protection available to His people by giving Joseph a plan ahead of time. The Bible says that there's coming a day called the Great Tribulation period that's never been anything like it nor ever will be after it. Horrible, unbelievable, unprecedented wrath of God. But the Bible says that before God does this, He said we were not appointed under wrath. And before God vomits wrath upon planet earth, first of all, He is going to protect His people. Amen. He's going to protect His people by calling His people unto Himself in the rapture of the church. No, my friend, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I do know that I'm going to have God's provision and I'm going to have God's protection. Why? Why? Because I'm going to live in obedience to God. In the area of tithing, yes, but in every other area, I'm going to do the best I can to live in obedience to God. And people that live in obedience unto God, amen, they can depend upon the provision and the protection of Almighty God. Give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today. You can walk the floor and wring your hands and worry and fret if you want to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. First of all, I've been living a few years. 
And, and they only let, the, the news media only lets go of this trouble only when the next trouble comes. They'll hold on to this trouble till their another trouble comes. And they'll hold on to it till the next trouble comes. So I'm not going to tune into the news every moment and have my updates of what's going on. I don't care. It doesn't matter what's going on. I know. I know that I know that I know. Amen. I'm going to have the provision of God. I'm going to have the protection of God. Am I saying I'm never going to have to struggle? Am I saying I'm never going to have to suffer? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you that come what may. Amen. No matter how bad it gets, I'm telling you the people of God, amen, can expect God if they're in living in obedience to Him. They can expect God to provide for them and expect God to protect them. You've got the word of the Lord for it this morning. I'm giving you three reasons not to tithe this morning. Don't tithe if you don't want God's provision. Don't tithe if you don't want God's protection. Number three this morning, don't tithe if you don't want God's promise. Watch God's promise found in verse 12 of Malachi 3. And all nations will call you blessed. For you'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Notice two promises to tithers here. And then we're done this morning. The first promise today is the applause from man. The applause from man. All nations will call you blessed. Tithers. People that live in obedience to God can expect the applause from men. People recognize the blessing of the Lord on somebody. I ask you this morning, wouldn't you want people to recognize God's favor on your life? I'm telling you this morning, you can prosper while everybody around you struggles. Amen. You can prosper while others struggle. Amen. But the second promise is, the first one is applause from man. The second one is approval from God. Approval from God. Oh, God said, you'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I don't know about you. I don't know about you today, but my greatest ambition in life, my greatest ambition in life is to receive the approval of God. I'm living my entire life for one thing. God's approval. There are two things that I pray for nearly every single day. There's a host of things I pray for nearly every single day. But in that host of things, two things that I pray for nearly every single day. And I pray and I ask God that I would be found faithful. And that I would be found fruitful. In fact, honey, that's what I want on my tombstone. He was faithful. He was fruitful. <laughs> My kids will get involved and they'll put on there, he was faithful and he was a fruitcase. A fruitcake. <laughs> let me tell you something this morning. More, more than desiring that on my tombstone carved out by man. Oh, I want to hear it from the very lips of God. Well done, thou good and faithful a servant. You were faithful over a little bit. I make you ruler over a lot. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Pastor Braden, if you could get back in place this morning. Friend, my aim today was to preach this without condemnation. It isn't today 
Nor has it ever been my desire to preach tithing to bring condemnation on anybody. My aim today was to preach tithing. Knowing that some wouldn't like it, knowing there would be some negative. Didn't sleep real well last night. My aim today, preach tithing without condemnation. My heartfelt desire is to help you. To help you. To challenge you, yes. Yes. But because I love you, because I want you to be blessed, I preach this today. Paul asked the Galatian believers in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 16, He said, have I become your enemy because I've told you the truth? Because I was willing to to tell you the truth. Am I now your enemy? And I ask you today, and it's not the majority because the majority shouts amen, but for the one or two or three, or, will, will I become your enemy because I'm willing to tell you the truth? I hope not. The older I get, the softer I get, the more tender I get. I don't like it when people don't like something about me. It used to didn't bother me, you know, but it does now. I'm getting older. I hope not, but even if I do, it's my responsibility. I've got to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm going to answer to God as to whether or not I was willing to preach the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Well, there you have it this morning, three reasons not to tithe. Don't tithe this morning if you don't want God's provision. Don't tithe if you don't want His protection. Don't tithe if you don't want His promise. But if you do want these things, then I encourage you to live in obedience to God in every area of your life. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God, not just a part of the Word, but all.